0: You're now listening to the Live Different Podcast with Matt Wilson. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Live Different Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Wilson. And today I'm here with my friend, Tim Sykes. Tim, I don't know how to introduce you. You are a penny stock trader. You are a heck of a character. And I wouldn't even let you say anything before the podcast because I just wanted to start recording because you never know what's going to come out of your mouth next. So uh Tim, how should we introduce you today? Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, I I think that's good. Uh lately I've become a philanthropist. You know, I've donated uh over two million dollars now in the past year and a half. So add that to my bio.
0: That's crazy. That's crazy. So last time I don't know when last time I saw you, we're both part of the YC Young Entrepreneurs Council. Uh, there was a time that we were in New York and closing down NASDAQ, if you remember that, and had our pictures up in, in Times Square. Uh, that was one of the last times that I saw you. You spoke at an under-30 CEO event, uh, had a lot of interesting things to say. I'm trying to think when the actual last time I saw you was, but uh, anyway, man, how have how you been? I've been good. I think it was the last
1: time you had short hair. So I don't know how long it takes to grow hair like that, but it's been a few years. Yeah,
0: it's been a few years for for sure. Are you how wet? long have
1: you been growing that thing?
0: Man. So, <laughs> five, okay, at least – so f- five years since we started Under 30 Experiences, since we started the – travel company but uh a i wouldn't good. even so, be
1: able to grow that i'm I'm jealous if i try to grow that i just look like a chia pet my hair just goes straight up so <laughs> you, enjoy, enjoy your long hair you it could do it cool. that
0: could be that could be your look
1: No, oh, no i i did that once i i grew it out one time and then bugs started attacking it thinking that it was a nest it, w- it wasn't good
0: oh man tim are some you... people
1: just aren't meant to have long hair that's that's me
0: okay okay tim you were, you were living in Miami. Are you still living? You're traveling all over. I'm checking I'm out I'm in Miami Instagram. actually this second.
1: Um, but uh, this is my like first week here in like six months.
0: Okay. Tim, are you, are you married? Are you single? Tell me some things.
1: I am, I am single. Okay. Um, and, uh, I am, you know, really just focused on my business and, and focused on teaching more people and, and growing my charity. You know, I've, I've really dedicated my life to that. And and it's not fair to pretty much anybody else because I'm just too obsessive with this. You know, my friends, my family, they're all like, you're a dick. But, you know, (laughs) I know what I have to do in life and and I'm determined.
0: That's that's awesome. So you started teaching people uh, how to make money, of course, uh, trading. Penny stock still is your focus. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, you know, these low price stocks, um, you know, just trying to pick a few good ones. They're not all scams, but most of them are scams, so I still have to expose a lot and just trying to teach people, you know, how to differentiate between what's good and bad.
0: Okay, and then you started teaching other people how to do this. So you did it with yourself. Your your story is that you took your uh, bar mitzvah money and you turned it into over a million dollars while you were at... Tulane University, if I if I remember correctly, and uh, you came out of college, and all of a sudden, you were you were basically a hedge fund manager, and uh, you you did that, and now you're you're teaching other people how to do it, which is uh, which is really interesting. And now you're giving money away. Talk to me a little bit about your evolution, just so people listening can can hear a little bit uh, about yeah. your story.
1: Yeah, I've had the the full spectrum, you know, starting with just a few thousand dollars of my bar mitzvah money. um, I did make nearly two million before I graduated college, started my hedge fund senior year of college, not the smartest thing to do. I was, you know, just too new and and too cocky and lost roughly 30 percent of my money trying to invest instead of trade. I didn't realize the value of my trading rules. And then I was kind of depressed and I was on this TV show called Wall Street Warriors, which became a hit like a decade ago. And so now I'm actually celebrating this month, my 10 year anniversary of being a teacher. And I made, you know, several million more to uh, in trading, I'm, I'm closing in on $5 million in profits, but I show every trade, I go back to $12,000 uh, to start with every year, and I, I try to grow it. And I teach and you know, now in the past few years, I have several millionaire students. And because when you create millionaires in this kind of internet world that a lot of people promise big things, but they don't deliver, but I actually do. Uh, my education business is booming, so uh, I've been fortunate enough to make enough money from teaching uh, on top of just trading and Now I started the Timothy Sykes Foundation two years ago, and my goal is to build a thousand schools um, across the world. So far, we have thirty five built or in development, and uh, you know just trying to do my part charity wise, teaching wise, and traveling. You know, me and you, we we have to have a travel competition because I see your stuff, and you know, all the while I've been doing this, I haven't been working behind like a desk. Like I've been to 114 countries now. What's your number?
0: Damn, 114 countries tim i have to say i'm not a, a counter uh, what? but you i'm not even <laughs> i would I, i'm at a fraction of that i have to say so you got me you're crushing it's me in about, that department it's not
1: about the numbers for, exactly you know, like lately i haven't even been trying to increase my numbers because I, I keep going back to japan and greece and italy like these are my favorites i just went to australia for the first time that was cool
0: damn damn and, and were you just in bali did i see um. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm
1: in Bali. I'm in uh, so in in the past two weeks, I went Bali to my annual conference in Orlando. We had nearly a thousand people this year. Then literally, I was just in the U.S. for like four days. Flew back to Tokyo for four days for this TV show that I'm doing there. Then over to New York. All in like the past ten days.
0: Oh my God. How, how do you keep your head on straight? How do you make decisions uh, under that kind of uh, travel schedule? That's crazy. I don't-
1: I don't really know what's going on, uh, but it's it's cool, you know. It's uh, <laughs> I it's it's fun. It's an adventure trying to uh, you know, live and, and trade. Um, so sometimes you know I do video lessons like in the middle of the night. Sometimes you know when I'm in Asia, I'm trading stocks in the middle of the night. So I try to make it as realistic as possible because I want to show you guys, you know, not just about the money that you can make in the market, but just that you can do it from anywhere. And you know, this is a whole new world where. We, I mean, you know, you can podcast from anywhere in the world. I can trade stocks from anywhere in the world, and the technology is only getting better. So we need to do our part and, and try to get more people to realize that this is a revolutionary time.
0: Man, that's, that's cool. And tell me more about the philanthropy. I mean, in years past, you were doing things like creating the Miss penny stock competition, and you would uh, frequently be spotted in Miami on yachts with models and all sorts of uh, entertainment, but now, <laughs> you're, now you're building schools all over the world, and you donated a bunch of money to, to I think, a million dollars to Pencils of Promise. Uh, yeah. yeah, tell me, where did this shift come from? I've evolved a little bit. Okay. Um, you
1: know, I'm, I'm still bringing the models everywhere, but instead of just yachts, I actually brought two, uh, Instagram models and, and UFC ring girls, uh, Ariani Celeste and Brittany Palmer over to Bali as we opened up, um, two schools. Um, you know, I, am not just building schools in my name anymore now. I'm also building schools in my top students' name. So my first two millionaire students, uh, were Michael Good and Tim Gratani. So we built schools in their name and then we had, the models and the ring girls come and you know they they shared their experience and it was fantastic because you know their followers actually really liked you know not just going to bali for the exotic locations but they liked the fact that you know we, we can do something meaningful um and the money goes so far in these third world countries so one of ariani's followers um, had actually been talking with the charity that I build schools with in Bali, the Bali Children's Project. And when he saw it on her Instagram story, um, he then donated a school and a library, which he had not done for several years when they were just talking. So now, you know, I'm, I'm using social media to try to bring kind of new people and new ways of showing off, uh, you know, the charity world, because charity is so important. And, you know, after you have enough exotic cars and, and, you know, mansions and yachts and jets and all that crap, I mean, it's fun. I'm not going to lie, but it gets old. You know, I was I was so excited when I got my first Lamborghini. And then my second one, you know, it's still awesome, but I was just I, I saw there was a clear dip in, you know, the adrenaline. So now I get more adrenaline rushes from uh, you know Just teaching and, and creating millionaires and now giving uh, you know when I go to these schools and I meet the families and the kids who have never had education before that 's an adrenaline rush so i 'm still an adrenaline junkie, but i 've just you know changed to to try to still you know feel it, and I think it 's actually fantastic so I tweeted last year um, you know my, my charity stuff I always share it on social media, but it it does like the worst like people will still want to see the glamorous stuff sure. so i I tweeted it and I was like, you know, here's my first school. Uh, this was, I guess, two years ago now uh, in Bali or a year and a half. And my first school had opened there. Now we have nearly a dozen schools in Bali. But when my first school was opening and it was just such an awesome time and, you know, I'm holding up my iPhone, I'm, I'm videoing it so that my followers can kind of experience it with me. And I said, retweet this. And for every retweet, you know, I'll build another school. And usually my charity stuff gets like 20, 30 retweets. So I was like, oh, that'll be a good goal. You know, I'll... <laughs> Each, each of these schools is like fifty thousand dollars I think I can donate you know maybe a million maybe a million and a half over over time and instead the thing went viral it's my most popular tweet ever it's got two thousand retweets <laughs> uh, and so I was like you know what like this is a good good thing so now i'm I'm on the hook to build thousands of schools and you know so if I build two thousand schools at fifty fifty thousand a pop um it's quite a bit of money you know it's it's fifty to a hundred million dollars but it's it's good, you know. I, I try to uphold all my promises and pinky swears and Twitter promises. So that's going to be my new goal over the next few years.
0: Good for you. That's that's awesome. I'm looking at your uh, at one of your pictures on Instagram, and so people get the idea if they don't already follow you. You have a million Instagram followers, so this is this is not like you sent this to your uh, seven hundred followers and said, "Oh yeah, anybody who." retweets this, uh, I'll donate money. I mean, that was a... You rolled the dice on that one, but I'm, well, first I looked at your project and of course my lizard bl- bl- my lizard brain went and clicked uh, the females that you brought over there with you, these models from uh, the UFC and wherever else. But then I did have the presence of mind to click the back button and then look at the, the charities that you're supporting. How did you pick uh, like this Bali's? Bali Children's Project. How did you pick Bali? Was it a place that you had a connection with? Yeah, I'm curious.
1: Yeah, um, you know, I mean, I work with dozens of charities now. Pencils of Promise is, is my favorite. Uh, that's why I donated a million dollars because they just have, you know, the most structure and organization. They're using Salesforce. Like, it's not just building random schools. It's also about operating them and, you know, optimizing the, the children's education too. So the money doesn't just go to schools. It goes to build, like, buying tablets and, you know, teacher education, making them better teachers. Um, the Bali Children's Project. Uh, I'm trying to think how I got introduced to them. Uh, you know, uh, I, I can't even remember. I, I know I got introduced to the Cambodian Village Fund uh, by my buddy Neil. Uh, Neil Patel uh, built a school in Cambodia, and he posted it. And I was like, wow, that's cool, so let me do that. So I built a school uh, next to Neil's school, that, and my school is three times larger than his. So <laughs> I, just, I had to be competitive. And now I'm actually going back to Cambodia in a few weeks uh, for the opening of my soccer stadium. Um, this, this town is just going to have everything. They don't even have an airport. Uh, it's, I mean, it's a city, but it's tough to get to. So I'm just going all out in Cambodia and Bali, you know, I've visited several times there. Um, it's one of my favorite places to visit. So I wanted to help. Um, and we actually found this, uh, you know, one great charity, the Bali children's project that didn't have much funding. Um, so I was like, Hey, let me donate $25,000 at first. And. I always start with like a, a reasonable. Like I don't just go big at first. I start with a reasonable amount, you know, ten, twenty thousand dollars, and I see how the charity does, and, and you know how they build, how they utilize it. Um, and they, they did did well. So now I've donated uh, like two hundred thousand to the Bali Children's Project. And you know, when you go to these schools, I'll I'll invite you to any one of these trips. I mean, pretty much every single trip that I go on, I have a different school opening. Um, even in Japan, I, you know, they don't need schools, I asked around, uh, but they have great charities. Um, I found this one charity called ARC that finds foster homes for dogs. Um, so I visited them and I met so many cute puppies and they do such crazy research when, you know, people can't just have a dog like you don't know who they're going to be. You don't know how they're going to treat the dog. So they do all this thorough testing. So the dog like, gets a full uh, you know, health checkup at first. Then, two weeks later, uh, with this you know, potential host family, they do another health checkup and they see how the dog is around the people and Then, after three or six months, the people can get approved to be the foster parents so there 's so many great causes all over the world, and i 'm just going to keep uh, keep trying you know I just donated uh, to uh, two different food banks in Houston for the Houston flooding victims, um, and I also just donated to save the children one hundred thousand uh, dollars to help kids in Mexico and puerto Rico so it's really, you know, my honor, and it's not just adrenaline. I, you know, I, adrenaline is good, but it's also just my honor, and it, and it just feels good. You know, this makes all the money that I make and all my hard work really, you know, take it to the next level.
0: That's great. That that's really cool, and I I appreciate that. Uh, you're talking about things like pencils of promise, and. I mean, that's a really legitimate organization. As you mentioned, they're using Salesforce to track uh, their leads. And, you know, you'd never want to just give a huge sum of money away to a charity that's going to just turn around and uh, put it in their pockets. And, you know, corruption in these countries is, or, is so big. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, also, or marketing expenses. So all, all of these charities that I donate to are, are pretty much U.S. based. Um, you know, there's a lot of U.S. people who go to these countries and they fall in love with the locals. And so they're running it. You know, it's, it's very tough to try to work, uh, with a language barrier and, you know, customs barrier and, and technology barriers. Uh, In these countries. So I find pretty much Americans who work in these countries. Um, But, you know, it's not just about corruption, it's about efficiency. You know, there's a lot of charities out there where you donate money and they have massive, massive marketing budgets and very little actually goes to, you know, your desired cause. So that's why I love Pencils of Promise because they have such a low operating budget, they have so many volunteers, they're so efficient. And really, you know, operated kind of like a like a cutthroat organization. And and that's what you have to be to be successful in the charity world. I mean, there are so many people to help and you have to be as efficient as possible with the donors money.
0: That's uh, that. That's really great to, to hear. I'm I'm getting distracted now. I'm looking at a picture of uh, I assume this is your hand with your gold watch in uh, in Tokyo f- feeding a chinchilla with hashtag Jewchilla.
1: Yes, I always do uh, one Jewish hashtag at the end of every post. You know, I just got a new McLaren, so I call it a Jewclaren. You know, if I'm in the jungle in Bali, I'm like you know Indiana Jones or Jews in the jungle. You know, if I'm looking at a beautiful beach on a mountain, then it's Jews with views, um, you know, or Jews in the news if I get some press. So I have fun with social media. You know, some people get offended and I'm like, what are you getting offended at? It's a freaking hashtag. It's not even a real thing. Um, you know, I'm not even like a hardcore Jew. I'm more like (laughs) Jew-ish.
0: That's, uh, well, I'm, I'm glad you're not taking things too, too seriously there. And, and I also appreciate that, uh, so many people, not to over not to generalize here, but so many people on on Wall Street are so wrapped up in their own things, and you know, if you're just trading, uh, if people are just trading options among themselves and pumping up uh, the stock prices on things, and. A lot of times people can easily fall into the trap of not actually creating any value in the world. Um, so I'm glad that you're you're taking this and, you know, in Wall Street you talk about Main Street all the time. But you're now you're talking about places like Indonesia and Cambodia and, uh, you know, they don't even have a Main Street in, in some of these little villages. So it's cool what you're doing. It's great to see your evolution, Tim. Yeah, no, I mean, that's
1: why I love travel. Because it really, you know, just teaches you so much about the world, about humanity, about yourself. And, you know, you really get in touch with things that actually matter. You know, I think a lot of people uh, in the US, and especially those of us who have lived in, you know, places like Miami, LA and New York, like we live in a bubble. And we don't realize, you know, how meaningless so much of our problems are. Like, you know, we complain about, oh, we have no service. Oh, like, you know, there's, there's traffic. And then these other places, I mean, like my first school with pencils of promise was in Laos and the kids literally tape plastic water bottles to their feet. And those act as the shoes cause the ground is so hot and rocky. So picture a plastic water bottle. It's not exactly the comfiest thing. It's not exactly the softest thing, but it's still better than nothing. And when you see this, you start realizing, holy, you know, just like my problems are so nothing compared to the whole world. And when you start to look at the numbers, and you start to think about, you know, the vast majority of people and and what they have in terms of finances, and in terms of quality of life, and in terms of education, you know, we are so, so, so fortunate, and we take it for granted. And too many of us waste all this educational opportunity, we waste all this opportunity with the internet, you know, there's so many ways to really just follow your passions like you don't have to work for somebody else you know i love what you've done now where you're obviously going off your own way i mean you used to be a very corporate kind of guy when i met you and now (laughs) you're off in costa rica you're freaking looking at aztec and mayan ruins and you're doing what you love and so you've taken advantage of that and i think that you've also had a little bit of the travel bug so it's nice to you know finally catch up with you
0: yeah absolutely and and how tim how are things going Business-wise, obviously, they must be going well or you wouldn't be giving millions of dollars away to, to these amazing causes. Um, but yet, to tell me a little bit more what's what's going on business-wise. Yeah. I mean,
1: I think last time we met, I mean, I might have had maybe like a million or two in revenue per year. And now we're doing like, you know, 25, 30, maybe even 35 million this year. I, I, I can't even keep up. We're hiring employees. Um, it's good to be real on the internet. You know, there's a lot of people... Who promise they can make you rich? There's a lot of uh, sketchy people, and you know I've now created over 5,000 video lessons. I still show every trade uh, that I do in real time. I answer everybody's messages, so even though I'm traveling, you know I'm still working. I'm getting nearly a thousand DMs per day these days. Um, It's getting a little crazy, but I love it. And you know, for me, it's it's about doing what I love, and you know, having passion with it, and and sharing that passion and trying to just help people with my experience because now I've been trading for you know, 19, 20 years in the stock market pretty much every day. So I've been around and I've seen bull markets, I've seen bear markets, I've made so many stupid boneheaded mistakes <laughs> that I don't want other people to make. So it's my honor and kind of duty to be you know, the mentor to other people that I never had. I don't bound out of bed like, oh my God, how much money can I make in the market? Like I I go the opposite way of pretty much everybody on Wall Street where they're trying to manage as much money as possible. I don't manage anybody's money. And in fact, with my own money, I'm trading with such a small sliver of it, but it's in order to show it so that I can show how to grow a small account in real time, which is very useful to my students.
0: Sure, and, and you just put the rest of the money away and and save it, or uh, yeah, donating. tell me about that strategy. You're well, donating, it, obviously, of course,
1: like I just I gave a TED talk. I was actually in Bali for a month. I was only supposed to be there for two weeks for these school openings, but I did a TED talk in Australia. Then I got invited to do another TED talk in Jakarta. So I was like, hey, you know, when in Indonesia, I might as well stay. Um, and in my second talk, they'll be posted online eventually. It takes a few months. Uh, but I, I said I will never be a billionaire, and everyone in the audience like gasped. And I, I said, everyone raised your hand. It was like TEDx Youth, so it was all these you know excited, youthful people. And they were like, I was like, you know, who wants to be a billionaire? Every single person raised their hand. I was like, I'm never going to be one because every time I make so much money, I'm just going to donate. You know, all you really need, in my view, is a few million in the bank, which I have. You can live pretty well, you don't need to own you know jets and all this stuff. like I have enough to just charter the jets. I own my cars. Uh, you know I've owned houses before. I'm not even good with big mansions. I rent you know pretty much anything I want. I can rent an apartment, I can rent a nice pad, I can rent a helicopter. Um, the world is pretty amazing, and again, when you start to see these third world countries. You know what money can really do. Like, I I feel guilty if I spend, you know, like a million dollars on myself when I know that a million dollars in a third world country can literally help tens of thousands of people.
0: Yeah, that's that's for sure. That that's that's crazy. So, people are probably wondering. All right, what is all this penny stock stuff? Tim teaches people. Do you want to go into a little bit? of your strategy. Uh yeah, just explain to people more of the nuts and bolts of of what you do or how you teach people how to make money on the on the internet.
1: Sure. Um yeah, I mean penny stocks, if you've seen the movie The Wolf of Wall Street, which most people have, um have a really bad name because there's most people who just invest in these things like lotto tickets. They're like, "Oh, I'm going to invest in 10 penny stocks." maybe one of them will hit it. A penny stock is a small company. It's trading under $5 a share, under $1 a share. It's a long shot. And you're thinking, well, this company might have found gold in Peru or this company might have a new internet technology or you know, marijuana is getting legalized. So they have all these kinds of new age, uh, crazy business schemes. And 99.9% of them fail and go to zero. And people want to feel special. They want to think that the odds and math and stats don't apply to them, and that they're going to somehow pick the next Microsoft. Um, and then they get you know, promoted to by different emails and voicemails and, and different companies that get paid to promote these companies, like the Wolf of Wall Street. Um, I don't do that, okay? I don't want people investing in penny stocks. What I want them to do is understand that most of them will fail. But at the same time, because we know that they're going to fail, we also know that they're going to try their best to pump themselves up in the meantime. So you can kind of play it backwards when a penny stock goes from, let's say, you know, 10 cents to like $10 a share, it's most likely gonna go back down to 10 cents a share. So you can ride it on the way up when you see that a company is promoting it or, you know, several promoters are promoting a company and you can ride it down when the promotion ends. Um, it's very, you know, binary. It's it's, it's just up or down. It, these companies have one or two products. So you're not guessing on, you know, like Facebook or Google, who's gonna win these wars. Um, I'm not guessing. Like seventy percent of mutual fund managers who fail to beat the S and P five hundred every year. I don't have to guess about like the U S GDP or what's going to go on with the U S versus the euro exchange rate. Um, for me, it's all about wait a minute, is this a scam? Okay, it probably is, and you can do the digging. The cool thing about the internet, it allows you to basically see everything. I sometimes post Google street views of their headquarters, and some of these companies are based in barns that I've exposed. (laughs) Uh, They've been based in like a a little one-bedroom shack. Uh, you know, the, the quote, office number went to the CEO's cell phone. Uh, the CEO, you know, is supposedly a doctor, but then if you actually Google him, you find that he lost his medical license for some sketchy stuff. Like, it's hilarious how the internet changes it. You know, the Wolf of Wall Street was pre internet. You couldn't research anything, so you're just believing people who are pitching you over the phone. Um, so it's just about basically trying to save a lot of people. Um, you know, who fall for these scams, and then educating them, and then helping them understand that, okay, even though these companies are going to go to zero, you can still make money off of them while they're in play. So I'm trading pretty much the most active stocks. They're trading 10, 20, 30, sometimes 50 or 100 million shares per day. Um, and I'm just trying to take a piece of the move, because they move 10, 20, 30, 50, 100, lately 2 or 300% in a day, which is just insane, um, and then they crash 50 to 70% in one or two days. So I'm riding the momentum up. I'm riding the momentum down. And I'm trying to teach people that it's not an exact science. You know, I don't win 100% of the time. I win roughly 70% of the time. And many of my top students win 50 or 60% of the time. But if you win more than you lose and you follow, you know, my rule number one where it's like, If you're wrong, you start cutting losses quickly. You could be wrong about any stock. Even if you think that a company is a total scam, it can still go up for several days or several weeks until the scam is uncovered. So I could be wrong on any company. Rule number one is cut losses quickly. And that way, when I am right, my gains are bigger than my losses. The biggest problem that most people have is cutting losses. They don't want to take a loss. They're like, let me just give it some more time. They hold and they hope, and then they compound that initial mistake and they let a potentially small mistake turned into a big disaster. And if you look at the odds in trading, forget about just penny stocks, in any kind of trading, 90% of traders lose. So I'm trying to teach them rules, I'm trying to teach them discipline, I'm trying to teach them tricks that I've picked up over the years. Because again, I never had any teacher, and even though I made a lot of money in college, you know, I would have a big gain, I would have a big loss. It was a very stressful way of trading, and
0: I don't want that for anybody else that 's great to hear that, that is great to hear so how how does how do your programs uh, work and i 'm just curious we don 't have any real affiliate relationship or anything like that but i 'm just curious on how uh, I know that you will live uh, stream your trades and you literally show people what you 're doing but are they Do you start with courses or how do how does your program work? I'm I'm curious, Tim.
1: Yeah, so there's so many different options. Um, You know, most people think I'm full of BS at first, so I'm just like, okay, here, take a look at my free YouTube videos. So I have 800 plus free video lessons um, where you can basically, you know, just find out everything about me. Um, Now we also have 12 DVDs. My biggest DVD, which. I probably should have mentioned earlier, my charity, my my big charity idea was that, A, I'm going to donate some of the money I make, but B, I'm also going to create a DVD specifically uh, that goes all for charity. So this DVD, uh, it's called How to Make Millions. Um, If you go to howtomakemillions.com, every single dollar of that DVD goes to charity. I don't even have affiliates because you can't have affiliates with a charity project. So um, that DVD turned out to be much bigger than I thought, where it was supposed to be like a six hour DVD, and then 12 and then 18, but it, it became 35 hours. Um, and that's pretty much the cornerstone. It, it shows all the patterns, it shows basic uh, you know, terminology, um, and just kind of everything I've learned over the years. Different you know, historical examples of good trades, bad trades. So I get people studying the past through video lessons and DVD guides, and you know, they can watch it streaming or hard copy. Um, And then every single day, I am uh, posting a watch list of like, you know, the top five or 10 stocks that I think are the hottest. You know, there's different trends um, that pop up, you know, marijuana stocks were hot, Uh, police equipment stocks were hot. Uh, Lately, a lot of biotech uh, stocks have been hot. So the trends seem to really pump up like five or 10 penny stocks at one time. And they usually kind of move in sympathy with each other so I'm posting the watch list no matter where I am in the world um, you know you get it the night before the stock market opens so you can be prepared pretty much every day or every two days I'm doing a video lesson um, sometimes live trading sometimes just answering Q&A sometimes just showing off a new trend then I also have a chat room with roughly a thousand traders in it um, and now the cool thing is it used to just be all me but now my millionaire students Um, are also sharing their trades in real time. And so they're helping me out. They're also giving live webinars. So several of my students, they're called Trading Challenge students, that's like my most VIP students, um, you know, they actually get two to four live webinars per week from me and my top students and they get to see a whole bunch of different patterns because the, the one thing I've learned is, you know, this isn't an exact science. So you should learn from multiple people with different personalities. You know, some several of my top students, they love just short selling. They love betting against these scams and watching them drop. I've actually gotten better at dip buying where I wait for like 30 or 40% drops intraday and I try to pick the bottom. And I tend to do a pretty good job at that with my personality and my schedule lately. That's been working well. So it's not any magic formula. There is no magic formula for making millions. Um, It's about finding patterns and, you know, sectors and, and investments and trades that work for you, whether you wanna trade intraday or hold for a day or hold for a week or hold for a month. Um, it's just kind of understanding how the whole penny stock market works, the gutter of the stock market that gets no respect. Nobody else is teaching this stuff. The, the major media won't cover it. Um, you know, These the stocks move too fast for most uh, publications to be up to date by the time they even write or you know a report on it, the stock has already moved 50%. So it's very quick. Um, but it's not as random as you might think, and it's not as scammy as you might think. It's it's kind of cool.
0: Cool, cool. What's your team look like? I'm I'm amazed that uh, you could be flying all these different places and uh, and and keep up with a, a business that's growing as quickly as as uh, yours is.
1: It's pretty awesome. So we now have uh, over 40 employees, um up from just a few. You know, I think last time I saw you it was just me, my mom and my dad. And you know, we're we're still a family business. My mom and dad both work for me. My mom ships out the DVDs, my dad uh manages, you know, all the numbers and the finances and stuff, but we have a lot of customer support. We got a lot of programmers. Uh we created our own software called Stocks to Trade which kind of automates a lot of my teaching, so that I don't have to, you know, stay awake like 20 hours a day like I used to, um, and that really helps. So, you know, we're just growing and, and trying to keep up with demand, and that's a very good thing uh, to be. I, I really want the stock market to crash so that we just have some time to like organize better, but the stock market just keeps hitting new highs uh, pretty much every day and. More and more people are realizing that I'm not full of BS. As several of my students have now been featured on, you know, CNN and Fox, and they actually know what they're talking about. And you know, before they met me, they knew nothing about the market. So it's uh, a lot of trends converging, um, and it's pretty, uh, pretty good place to be.
0: Damn! Oh, tell. To, uh talk to me about that a little bit where you said you want the stock market to crash so i assume right now that these penny stocks are still being pumped up everybody's bullish okay let's go let's go uh and you're not you're not having the test. So there's so many opportunities for you to short these stocks. Is that correct? And that's why you're waiting for them to drop so you can wait for the dust to settle and reorganize that side of your business. But right now you have to be laser focused on on your trades. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, that's that's part of it. Um, You know a lot of junk is just flying. And when the market crashes, you know, three out of four stocks follow the overall market. So I've been praying for a market crash, not to be like a a bad guy or anything, just because I want a lot of these scams to be exposed. And, And no matter how scammy they are, no matter how bad of a company they are in a bull market, they just keep heading higher, so I actually very rarely short sell these days you know before I used to be almost all short selling but now it 's just scary so i 'm waiting for a bear market i 'm not trying to predict it you know I say like half jokingly like oh i can 't wait for a market crash when it comes, it comes there 's no point in trying to guess it, um, but more importantly, from the teaching side, we just need to catch up i mean. A thousand DMs a day. Like, part of the reason why I lost some weight is because I just go on the stationary bike and just answer DMs, and I can answer 600 DMs in an hour. And I'm doing two hours of cardio a day just to keep up with the DMs. So (laughs) I'm I'm trying to multitask, so it's been good for me, but it's insane. And in a bear market, you know, not as many people will want to learn about the stock market. There won't be so many plays, and I can finally catch up. You know, I have 5,000 video lessons, but it actually took one of my students to watch them all and categorize them all because I didn't have any time to create categories. I'm too busy freaking making them every day. Um, So my students are coming in big time handy. Uh, You know, we have several of my top students now who are actually uh, employees and and they help, you know, organize and they help curate and they help me mentor other people. Um, But it really would be great if if everything could just be paused. Uh, We would be a lot more organized and a lot more effective. But you know, that's not happening. So we we try the best our, our we can. But some people, you know, message me like I messaged your team, you know, two days ago, and they're not even a student. And they want like, Service right away i 'm like well, this is, this is why we have different levels of newsletters where you know the VIP students they get responded to first, but if you 're not a student if you 're just watching my free YouTube videos you know we 're not just going to respect like your time so much and be like oh let me let me cater to this person who 's not even a student and, and they 're like saying i 'm full of bs and they want to be answered within the hour so it 's cool, um, but it is it 's one of the issues that we 're dealing with you know we, we have some growing pains growing so fast and we're trying the best we can. I, I've been on a hiring spree. Um, you know, we hired a dozen people in the last
0: uh, two months. Crazy, crazy! How's working with your parents? What do they think of, <laughs> of all your crazy antics?
1: <laughs> oh, you don't want to know about that. Um, no, it's you know, it, it, it's good and bad. Um, our family dinners are rather interesting. Some of our birthday dinners are, are not just about birthdays; they're rather heated. Um, I can remember one time where, you know, it was my mom's birthday and we're celebrating in New York at Per Se, which is like the number one restaurant. And my dad and I are fighting over something stupid. And she's like crying. She's like, can we just celebrate? It's my birthday. (laughs) And so we we have our family drama. Um, Again, that comes down to our our being so busy and, you know, kind of we get to – Pick what deals we want. Um, you know, everybody wants to work with me right now in finance because everyone's like, "Whoa, this stuff is is actually real." And there's nobody else in penny stocks. Um, but I also have to kind of say no to some people where I'm just like, I can't spread myself too thin. And my parents are, you know, always worried about me. My mom sometimes says, "I'm speaking as your mom," or "I'm speaking as your bookkeeper." Um, so it's 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 fun. <laughs>
0: Right, your, if your mom's your bookkeeper, she's looking over all your expenses. Is that right?
1: Yeah, she is, and you know she's looking at this, and you know she she sees the expenses. She doesn't necessarily see the revenues coming in. I mean, we're we're a very profitable company. But, you know, we, we also spend a lot on on salaries and, you know, we spend a lot on our students and this software stocks to trade. I mean, we don't make any money on it. We, we spend literally seven figures building this software and people are like, why would you spend this much? But it's in order to create better students. And if you have better students and you have better testimonials, if you have better testimonials, then your business grows. So it's all related, even if you can't really see it. Um, you know, right up front. It's, it's kind of crazy. What it comes down to is we try to provide as much value um, for the students as possible and make them the best students that we can. You know, 90% of people lose money. So we have to try every
0: tactic we can to try to reverse that. Cool. Cool. Yeah, that, that makes perfect sense. Uh, Tim, I, I want to make sure that we Give the audience some some real actionable stuff, and in, in, uh, obviously your story is very inspiring to everybody. and And my audience per se might not be into. Uh, trading at the moment and of course they could get into it uh, but I, I'm curious more about your mindset where I, you're not a guy who thinks he, he, I mean uh, other than being a billionaire right because you said you're going to give it away you don't seem to have many limiting beliefs you you pretty much uh, at least on the outside, look like someone who sets their mind to a goal and they say, yeah, I'm going to go get it. And you're motivated and determined and uh, have the right people around you to be able to go and, and accomplish the, the things that you want to do. But uh, a lot of what we talk about on on the podcast is how People can uh, develop that mindset for themselves. So, do you have uh, any advice on on people? Oh, well, you're a teacher, so so you must on on how people can develop that type of uh, limitless mindset for themselves. Yeah,
1: yeah, I have I have a few views on this. Um, you know, I mean, I have a lot of students, and so. I have to try to get them having the right mindset. I've learned that no matter how much I try to teach somebody, if they have the wrong attitude, it's impossible, you know? If if they're literally questioning everything that I teach and they're like, "Oh, becoming a millionaire only happens to other people. I can't do this." I'm like, "Whoa." Like Yes, you can. And that's kind of the beauty about showing everything. That's part of the reason why I show so much on social media. Um, because I want you guys to realize I have no special skills. You know, my millionaire students have no special skills. It comes down to hard work and, you know, really dedication. So no matter what you like, it doesn't have to be stock trading. Um, whatever your passion is, really go for it. You know, don't just say, Oh, what's the minimum I should do to be successful? I get this message every day what is the maximum amount that you can put in every day? That's the question you should be asking. Uh, if you want true success, you can't judge this stuff based on like nine to five working hours. You know, people who work nine to five, guess what? They get paid their steady paycheck, they have their little nice security blanket, but. It's not much. It's not like they're getting paid seven or eight figures per year working nine to five building somebody else's dream. So if you truly want your own dream life, which, again, for me is traveling and and giving back and really just having the time of my life and having a great adventure, um, you you can't put numbers in terms of how many hours. And so we need to change that uh, right away with any of my students. And and that goes for your listeners, too, no matter what they love. They should focus on it because you can make a life out of anything these days. You don't have to be a doctor or a lawyer to make a lot of money and have financial security. The internet changes everything. Um, you know, I know people who are getting financially wealthy and and free and they're, you know, fans of like I don't know, comic strips or or plumbers or trainers or chefs, anybody who has a passion in anything and they work their butt off to become an expert. There is a lot of money to be made, there is a lot of freedom that comes along with being a true expert. The problem is that becoming a true expert takes a lot of time and a lot of years. So my number one tip for anybody is to have patience. You can't expect overnight uh, celebrity, overnight you know millions, overnight success. You're going to have to go through the whole journey. You're going to have to go through the ups and downs. You're going to have to make mistakes. You're going to have to fail along the way. And when you do, guess what? Write the lessons down. Don't ignore them. Don't try to glaze over your mistakes and your failures. Really highlight them and say, wait a minute, what did I do wrong here? Like you're coming to me right now with this interview at a very good time in my life where I'm on and up. I'm on an extended up. But I've made so many mistakes to get here and by really, you know, refining them and and looking at what I did wrong um, along the way and and saying, wait a minute, I got to try to fix this. And that's how you become an expert. And it's not just about the stock market at all. It's anything that you want. So the world is an amazing place if you have the right attitude, if you are willing to go through this journey. And Understand that also if you do get lucky and you have so much money or so much success or you know so much fame right away, guess what? Your life is probably going to be pretty screwed up. If you look at lotto winners, if you look at like childhood uh, Hollywood stars, they didn't go through the, the journey. They didn't go through the ups and the downs to get where they are. And so they don't really have the proper perspective of what it takes to be successful. So, their mind is all screwed up. I, I had this problem when I first made my million dollars, you know, as a freshman in college. I was like, why was this so easy? This is so weird, am I am I lucky, am I talented? And I actually became a philosophy major to try to get my head straight. And then, thankfully, I lost a lot of money and it ruined all my credibility and that got me, you know, grinding and, and gave me a chip on my shoulder that allowed me to get to the next level. So. You can't just give up, this whole thing is a journey and I don't care if you're 20, I don't care if you're 30, I don't care if you're 50, it's never too late given this time in history, okay? Maybe in the past decades or centuries ago where there was more war, less freedom, less technology, less education, you know, you had to really be successful right away, otherwise you're condemned to like the family business and the caste system all your life. Right now you can do anything that you want all over the world, from anywhere in the world. And it's a fascinating, fascinating time to be alive, but most people don't take advantage of it. You know, they're watching stupid cat videos on YouTube instead of training themselves. So you can learn everything online. That's how I learned, you know, through trial and error and online. And it doesn't matter what subject you're in, there is so much stuff online that can change your life and teach you the skills that you need and introduce you to people that can help you in your journey, it's, it's freaking great.
0: Damn, that is that is certainly some motivation for everybody out there. Uh, I, and I'm glad that you showed the other side of it. I'm glad that you called attention to the fact that you're on an extended up at the moment, and the uh, economy is booming right now. But Tim, do you think you could talk about a mistake that you've made that uh, that maybe wasn't such a such a good time, and and what you learned from it?
1: Sure. Yeah. Um, My biggest mistake financially and and reputation wise, um, you know, when I made my first I was up roughly like two million dollars and I never had kind of a really heartbreaking, backbreaking loss. I had some losses, but after every loss, I pretty much had a gain. So I was pretty much batting a thousand and I was tired of just, you know, at this point uh, I was running my hedge fund for three years. So I was two years out of college. I was still a cocky, like 25, 26 year old. And I never made a big mistake, but I had also, you know, made a few million dollars. I didn't make like 20 million or 200 million or 2 billion like several of the top traders in the world do. So I thought that I was like really a master when in fact I was just, you know, not. Um, And I invested basically a third of my hedge fund into my best friend's dad's company. Uh, Because they they invented this new technology, which at the time seemed revolutionary, is print-at-home ticketing. They actually did invent this. Um, And now, you know, we can print tickets all the time. Back then, you couldn't. And this small company looked like they were going to be the biggest thing. So I was like, well, I I know I trade stocks. I know I I go with penny stocks and I go in and out and I'm I'm focused on patterns. But I have a really good feeling about this. And I tried investing because I wanted to go for a home run instead of, quote, only making six figures per year. You know, if if this deal had done well, I could have made 10 million all in one investment. Um, the problem was I did not know shit about investing. Oh shoot, was I not supposed to? Swear nah, go ass- for it. Let
0: it rip, Tim.
1: I was doing so well, um, but I, I really didn't know shit. You know, I, I was really good at trading, and investing is a different skill set, and I didn't know it. Um, the technology was golden. It, it actually, you know, printed home ticketing became a big thing. But this company was riddled with problems, with debt, with management issues, with so many issues. Um, And so while the the product itself was amazing, I mean, I I even went to Six Flags uh, Amusement Park when they installed the first one where, you know, if you go to like an amusement park these days, you know, you can put in your credit card and they'll show you like you can pick up your tickets. You don't have to get mailed tickets. You don't have to do anything or you can print them at home and then just show the barcode. Six Flags put this thing in. I was there with the team. They're called Cygnus eTransactions. So I was with the Cygnus team just to witness this momentous occasion. And the CEO of Six Flags was there, and he shook all of our hands. He didn't know I was an investor. He thought I was probably just one of the programmers. And he's like, this invention is going to change the amusement park world. This is going to change the world. Congratulations. And at that moment, I put in another $100,000. I was like, oh my god, this is amazing. And eventually, you know, the company went bankrupt. Um, The technology actually did Turn out to be a big thing uh, the C- the new CEO, not my best friend 's dad, but the new CEO who came aboard who looked me in the eye before they failed, say- telling me that everything was fine, he actually bought the company secretly in bankruptcy court um, and renamed it somehow keeping all the same contracts and later he sold the company for I believe thirty or forty million um, so I, I would have made you know my my several million dollars, um, but I got wiped out, and you know that was a third of my hedge fund and that was right when Wall Street Warriors was airing. So everyone was like, they saw my hedge fund drop, you know, roughly a third in, in you know, inside of a few months. And they were like, oh, or the press said, oh, you know, he let fame get to his head. Now he's losing money now that he's all over TV. And it had nothing to do with fame. It was just my own cockiness. Um, but that ruined all my credibility. And people thought that I lost everything. they you still talk to people. People are like, oh, Tim Sykes lost everything. Now he just teaches. Um, so that was a tough lesson, but it also became my greatest comeback because that chip on my shoulder where everyone was like, oh, you got lucky, you know, now you lost everything. They didn't know that I lost roughly a third of my money on an investment, not on trading. So it made me value my trading rules much more. It made me a more disciplined, more conservative trader, and that made me an infinitely better teacher. And I did get into teaching because I wanted to prove myself that I could get back. And so my first two years back, um, I, I restarted with twelve thousand dollars that wasn 't all the money that I had in the world, but I, again, I wanted to prove to everybody and prove to myself that I could do it so in my first two years of teaching, I turned the twelve thousand into two hundred and thirty thousand. Um, this was probably the last time I pretty much talked to you uh, because I was like the number one rated trader on Covester out of sixty thousand traders. They verified all my trades and so I had proven it with a small amount and now i 've proven it you know with several millionaire students but that crushed my reputation, that crushed my ego I was you know just basically sleeping on friends' couches. I didn't lose everything, but I just wanted to, like, kind of punish myself and and really be pissed off about that loss. And that made me, you know, better in the long run, even though it was very depressing. You know, I drank a lot for several months. Um, you know, it, it was a bad time.
0: Brutal, brutal. Uh, Tim, I know we have to wrap up um, coming, coming up here, but I, I wanted to ask if you had any overarching personal uh, finance advice for people who are maybe like, all right, I don't want to open myself up to all this uh, crazy risk, and maybe they're not going to invest the time to uh, really learn about the market and be able to make decisions for themselves, which unless you're an expert, you should probably leave that to the experts. Uh, But do you have any advice for people who just want to be smarter with their money?
1: Yeah. um, First of all, no one's an expert in finance. You know, if you look at the stats, like financial planners take, you know, their little two or three percent or their their management fees. And they, on average, do not beat the simple S&P 500. So over time, if you want to be the safest in the stock market, simply invest in the S&P 500. This is the 500 biggest companies uh, in the U.S., and over the past century, this one index has outperformed roughly three quarters of all professional money managers. Uh, so you have a 75% chance of beating anybody who claims to be an expert. That said, it's only about you know eight to 10% per year, which isn't bad, but it's also not great. So with added risk comes added potential reward with crazy strategies like mine. But never, ever, ever leave your money in somebody else's hands. And if you still are unsure with the S&P 500, okay, maybe the stock market is overextended. You know, we've been in an eight-year bull market. At least just Google around. Use basic websites. Go to my free YouTube page. I have 800 videos. Go to timothysykes.com. Go to Wikipedia. Go to Motley Fool. Don't look for hot stock picks. Don't look for investment picks. Start to understand how Wall Street and finance works. Because even if you're not into money, even if you're not into finance, guess what? We all need money to live. So I'm sick to death that schools don't teach this stuff. Most people don't even know how to balance a checkbook. So learn basic financial stuff so that you don't have to rely on anybody else. It sucks when people work their whole lives and they don't have as much money as they think they do because they didn't want to do their homework with finance. So forget about penny stocks, forget about stocks. Just learn basic finance and you can do this all online. It's amazing how much good information there is and put in the time, whether it's an hour a day or an hour a week or even an hour a month for the rest of your life to learn about different options, different investments and choose what's best for you. We are all different. We all have different risk tolerances. We all have different money saved. We all have different goals, but choose stuff that makes you comfortable. And if you're uncomfortable in an investment in any way, get out of it. Don't enter into such an illiquid market like, oh, everybody's buying real estate, so I should buy real estate. Real estate can be very illiquid. You might buy a house, and then the market drops out, and then you're not able to get out. So I really like liquid investments, whether they're stock or you know Bitcoin. Um, there's so many different things that you can get in and out of same day or like within the next day. Um, and just start small. Don't feel like you have to go big, you have to become a millionaire all at once. In fact, most of my students who start and they're like, oh, I've got $50,000, let's learn this stuff and let me make a million dollars. And If somebody has $50,000 with trading with me, I say, look, start trading with $5,000, start trading with $2,000. If you're gonna be successful, you need to learn good habits first. It's not about the money that you make in the beginning or the money that you lose in the beginning. My top student, Tim Gratani, who was closing in on $5 million in profits, was not even consistently profitable for the first nine months. So, you need to have proper expectations and good things take time, especially in finance and in the investment world. So you gotta have patience, you gotta educate yourself, you gotta self-educate and become self-sufficient. That's what I'm most proud of with my millionaire students, not just the money they make, but that they don't need me after a few years. They know as much, if not more than me, and that's how it should be with all of you guys. I understand some of you are busy, but at least take the time and take your finance seriously.
0: That's great. That's great, Tim. Tim, you want to go uh, through some rapid fire before we wrap up? Bring it on. Let's do it. All right, Tim. What's your favorite book? You can just first thing that comes to your mind. Whatever you want.
1: Well, I hate this book, but it came to my mind. So it's called
0: (laughs) Extraordinary
1: Popular Delusions and the Madness of Crowds. I was just telling some students about it because it's about the South Sea bubble in France several centuries ago. And you could arguably make the case that it's very similar to Bitcoin or Tulip Mania uh, several centuries ago, too, where you have like these manias. And it's a very tough book to read. I would not recommend it, but it's good history.
0: Cool, cool. What's your favorite car you've ever owned?
1: Ah, uh, I'm really digging my new McLaren, mainly just because I use a hashtag called JuClaren, and
0: it really, <laughs> really is smooth. <laughs> that, that, I'm I'm glad to hear. It's uh, better than Jurari,
1: my Ferrari. And, oh, and yeah. JuBurghini doesn't sound good at all. So I judge, I judge my uh, cars based on how well they do on social media.
0: That's a uh, – that's the really? the, the – the, the, Jew that married the italian the uh the jewish bagel that's uh or the pizza pe- the pizza bagel rather. i'm
1: offended by that matthew oh, you're God. not jewish you can't make that joke i can
0: i'm sorry. my that's my best friend's joke actually okay.
1: jewish
0: and, it's okay. and italian I, it, it's okay oh man tim i knew this would end poorly T- tell me about uh-huh. your favorite country
1: favorite country um ooh i got to say japan i love sushi I love the, the, you know, just how polite the people are and, and the culture, um, and the honor. And it, it does my worst on social media. So I, I have to break with social media on that. People just want to see me on beaches and stuff, but come on people, beaches are boring and I have like a dad bod. So you really don't want to see me on beaches. I wish that you guys would like my Japan pictures more so that it would be better for my business, but I'll still go just cause I love sushi above everything.
0: Excellent, and also Tim, I wanted to let you know that I took a twenty-three and Me genetics test, and sure enough, I am somewhere between nine and eleven percent Jewish.
1: Wow! Yeah, all- I, I ordered two of those, but I never got around to doing either of them, and I think they expire. So. That's, I don't know how much of a Jew I really am, just, but one day, one uh, day I will.
0: Yeah, $195 spitting it. a I, tube. I know, I've, I've literally bought two of
1: them and they both expired. I just forgot to do them. It's, it's you know, a, a nice allegory of my life.
0: <laughs> you're, you're a busy man. And uh, finally, Tim, tell me about your favorite experience.
1: Ah, uh, definitely building schools, visiting the communities. Uh, you know, I visited Cambodia, Bali. Laos, uh, Guatemala. I'm going to be going to Ghana next year for some of my new schools with Pencils of Promise. Um, you know, it is arguably the best thing that I could possibly do with my money, and it is the most meaningful, and it feels the best. And and I said this during one of my TED talks. Like on my deathbed, I'm not going to be thinking about the millions of dollars that I've made. I'm going to be thinking about hopefully the millions of kids that I've you know, help get education. Because it's all about education in this life, no matter what your topic is. And too many kids around the world, especially in third world countries, never get the chance. And they're condemned to lives of, you know, menial jobs and and menial labor and poverty for the rest of their lives. And they never get to really truly explore who they are or what they love. And I'm going to try to change that.
0: That's great. It'd be awesome if you could work some financial education into that because as you said, they don't teach how to manage your money in in schools and I'm not basic, talking about trading stocks, but basic anything.
1: Basics first. I don't think they need financial speculation. No. Uh, you know, they they need their basics, but you know, the more education the better. And and really that that is my number one hope for all your listeners. Like focus on whatever it is that you love. Don't work for like your parents' dreams. Don't try to like live somebody else's life just because it sounds good. You know, we're all different. We all have our own passions. Follow that passion and see where it goes.
0: That's awesome, Tim. I was just gonna ask you for for any final last words, any final pieces of advice. And of course That's it. I yeah. gotta go do
1: a call with Save the Children. I'm gonna be going to Mexico, so I'm planning my trip right now. I'm gonna visit to see exactly where the $100,000 goes to. And I know they do great work, so I'm sorry, but i got to run.
0: Yeah, you got it. We'll, uh, we'll have everybody check up your website, timothysykes.com. And, uh, yeah, man, it's been great catching up. Where Where are you right now, by the way? Uh, I am in a phone booth in a co-working center in Austin, Texas at the moment. Ah, are you based in Austin? Our company is based here. I still live full-time in Costa Rica, but I'm going to be spending a lot of time here in Austin. How long? How long are you in Austin for? Uh, I should be here another week.
1: Uh, I'm going to be there uh, What? Uh, like the 18th is the when I'm coming. 18th. There, there's a chance. Try to be there. There's also awesome sushi there too, so I'm going to do a sushi tasting. I don't understand how Texas can have the best sushi, but this is what I read, so this is why I have to go.
2: Hey, everyone. I hope you enjoyed that past episode. If you are looking to put these things into practice, I invite you to come next July to Peru and Machu Picchu with me and my girlfriend, Luz Garcia, a 1,500-hour registered yoga teacher for an amazing retreat that we are putting on. Uh, If you would like more information, check out under30experiences.com and find Yoga and Peru. Uh, we would love to connect with you further. We have some amazing community events coming up on under30experiences.com. And mm-hmm. no, uh, you don't just have to be under 30 years of age. We are an inclusive community rather than an exclusive co- community. And finally, if you are on the same mission as I am, I would love if you shared this episode with a friend, a friend who needs it you can support uh, this podcast that would mean a whole lot to me share it subscribe leave me a five-star review on itunes i would love if you even did it just a little justice and give it a like on our new youtube channel those type of things go a long way uh, in helping other people Find great content that is going to help them live happier, healthier lives. So, thank you guys for listening. I really appreciate it. If you'd like to connect with me, feel free to email me, give me some feedback, matt at under30experiences.com, or hit me up on social me- media, Matt Wilson TV, on just about any social platform. Talk to you guys soon.
1: Thanks.